sharing our testimony until now because I don't think we realized then what a miracle was happening. Now when I look back, I can see there was none of us in it and all of him. What I'm going to share with you in Romans 15:18, it says, I dare not speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word or deed. The things I share are the things that he's done in me and through me. These are not my experiences. These are not just things I saw. This is what was worked in me and through me. And I think that's another reason we didn't share it for a while. So my story, I started out as a little Catholic girl. One of my first memories about God was I was four years old, and my dad said, no matter what happens, you can always pray to God. And I always felt that pull. You know, I had my first communion. I asked Jesus in my heart. I believe he came in, too. But I had no word. I didn't know the Ten Commandments, though, because I went to Catholic school. So I had plenty of time to meditate. <laughs> it was kind of interesting because I had this life that I did what I thought the rules were at school and church. But I had this other life over here where I just kind of had a relationship with God. I would talk to him. And it was, it was so separate. I, don't, I didn't realize then that it was separate. And I can remember being in maybe a hot sophomore in high school crying because I knew Jesus was not Lord of my life and I didn't know how to make him. Nobody was there to tell me, even when I was asking. It's so important for us to share the Word of God with people because they're floundering. I wanted it and nobody was telling me. So then, not because it was a Catholic college, but that just happened to be where I went. <laughs> it just happened to be a Catholic college. And as I was getting my books in the bookstore, already for my new college life, there on this little spindle with some necklaces, and it had a little Holy Spirit necklace. And I just thought, well, that's kind of pretty. I threw that on top of the books and checked out. As I'm in the administration building one day, one of the nuns there said, oh, you have the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> she was looking at my necklace. She thought I was wearing the Holy Spirit necklace because I was already baptized in the Holy Spirit. So then they started inviting me to the charismatic meetings because they thought I was one of them. So I went, and I knew something heavy was going on there. I just didn't know what it was. And I felt like they were in the fishbowl, and I was on the outside, and I couldn't figure out how to get in the bowl. What are they doing? It's really good. This is God. But what is it? So after it was over, there were some couples there. It wasn't just students or teachers. People from the community came, too. And there was a couple there, and they just started sharing with me, as people do after it's over. And they were telling me, uh, well, this is my husband, and you know, for years I tried to get him to come. He would never come. He'd never come. He'd never come. And I'd always be telling him he needs to come. He would never come. So she said, I just decided I'm not going to say anything to him anymore. A year later, he came. Do you ever have moments in your life where you think, that's noteworthy. I think I'll tuck that information away in my heart. I might need that someday. <laughs> but that's all I got from the meeting. Didn't go back. I don't know, maybe I was afraid I couldn't figure it out again. <laughs> you know? I didn't want to go for more of that. And as time went on, I married John. But when I got pregnant with Joe, we'd been married about three years, I just thought, 
I don't want to bring a baby into the world and not know God. That's not right. I just, I, I wanted God for him. Even more than I wanted it for me. And I just began seeking and I would, some nights I would read the gospel stories. Just reading, the, reading it like a story. You know, when you're seeking God, you go to what you know. So I went more faithful to the Catholic Church because that's what I knew. I didn't know any. I didn't know God was anywhere else. That's the only place that I ever knew He was supposed to be. <laughs> so I went, and and this particular uh, mass, the priest there said, "I want you to read this healing prayer after me." And it was an inner healing prayer, just like if I had a piece of paper and I said, "Read this prayer after me," that somebody had written down. As soon as I was done praying, I was instantly delivered from resentment. Because I had a lifelong resentment that my mother was crippled all while I was growing up, and she couldn't do the things other mothers were doing. And there were some other family issues with that um, that built that resentment, but instantly delivered, just like that. I was like, wow. (laughs) That was really good. So I went back the next week. This week... The the regular senior pastor wasn't there, so one of the other guys was there. Couldn't talk very well, but just barely well enough I could figure it out. But after he was done, he says, we have this charismatic meeting, and all of you should come. There's probably 300 people there. And when he said that, I knew I am the only person here that he's talking to. Knew it. I knew that I knew And I knew if I went, I'd be the only new person. So about Wednesday, I hear this voice say, you know, you're supposed to go to that meeting. You need to go. So Friday, I went to the meeting. When I walked in, she said, oh, you're the person I bought this book for today. I knew I bought this book for a reason. I said, a book. Now I'm going to figure out what they're doing. Because nobody could seem to tell me what was going on. Now, I have to give them a little bit. I didn't ask. I just, I'm waiting for them to tell me. So just because someone's not asking you doesn't mean the question's not there. I wasn't asking. I wanted to know. So I took this book home. I thought, oh, this is so exciting. I have a book. I can find out what's going on. I devoured this book. So by the next Wednesday, I'm reading halfway through the book. And the book was, Hear My Confession by Father Orsini. And it's about a Catholic priest who realized there's no reason to be here and I'm going to quit the priesthood. Because he really had a desire. I mean, he tells this whole story of why he goes into the priesthood and he really wanted to help people. And so as he's wanting to leave the priesthood, people are inviting him to these charismatic meetings. So the rest of the book, he talks about the gifts of the Spirit. But right there in the center, he said, Who is your Lord? Who your Lord is, is who you talk about the most and who you think about the most. That is your God. And as soon as he said that, I saw a laundry list of who was number one in my life. Who did I think about the most? Who did I talk about the most? And there was, number one, my husband. Then number two was my baby. Somewhere in there was my golf game. I'm not sure what number it had. And number eight was Jesus. John says, at least he was on your list. That's pretty good. But he was number eight. And as I looked at that list, 
It just shows you the grace of God. Because I can remember in high school trying to figure out how to make him Lord and couldn't figure it out. I looked at the list and said, that's not right. Right now, I'll make Jesus the Lord of my life. And I just kept reading the book. Just kept on going. So the rest of the book was all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all the gifts of the Spirit. And I was so excited because I said, this is the more I've been looking for. I always knew there was more that God had for us than what I experienced in my life. So I was so excited. I went back and I had them pray for me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want it. I'm so excited. Now my neighbors, they also were in this little group. So I was talking to my neighbors and she's telling me, well, you know, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, tongues just burst out of me and it was just glorious. Well, being a little more introverted than she was, they didn't just burst out of me. But I knew something happened, and I read all about the gifts of the Spirit, and that was Friday night. So the next, it was probably Sunday this happened. My sister had our little one-year-old boy on the bicycle, and he falls off onto his head, onto the cement. Big bump on his head. John says, well, call the doctor and see what he says. And the doctor said, well, don't let him go to sleep. Took him in the room, put him on the bed, put my hand on his head, and I said, Father, I don't even know how to pray. I'm just a baby Christian, but I know the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lift up my hand, totally healed. He jumps up, he's running around the house, his eyes as bright as can be. Because even though I didn't know everything to say, the kingdom of heaven came. His will was done. So that was my start. Now, remember the little story about the couple? Don't tell him. I'm not going to go for the three years of nagging and then the one year of saying nothing, and then maybe he would come. So I'm going to start right at the don't tell him anything. That'll be better. So I'm not telling him anything. The next week I found out, now this is a miracle too. I mean, all these are miracles. (laughs) There is a lady in our church, the Catholic church. Now, those of you who are Catholic, you're going to know this is a miracle. She's teaching a Bible study at the church. She's not a nun. She's just one of the members. I couldn't wait to go to the Bible study. I was so excited. So I walk into the Bible study. I think it was a Tuesday morning after all these things had happened. She looks at me and she goes, you're the person I've been praying for for two weeks. God had someone who'd never met me before praying for me for two weeks. And then I recount all those things that just happened in the last two weeks. So I went to her Bible study And she impressed me so much because I never in my life had heard a person who had faith in God. She believed God. It was was in her voice. She's teaching me how to look up Greek words. She's teaching me how to interpret Scripture with Scripture. She's teaching me that, oh, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit and you don't have tongue yet? Don't worry about it. You've got them. She's teaching me to take it. And I said, I've got them. I've got tongues. Now I already knew I had the Holy Spirit because I did the prayer 
and saw that instant healing. So I wasn't concerned that I didn't have it. And I would just say, thank you, Lord, I have the tongues. Just like Betty taught me. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, I have the tongues. And then about two weeks later, tongues are flowing. We had a little apartment that had four rooms, which is enough for two people, four rooms. But then all of a sudden we had my sister, my other sister, my brother, and a baby. (laughs) We had six people in this little house, which was kind of interesting. So anybody's wondering what's happening with John over there? (laughs) He's thinking some strange things are happening around here. What's this big green book on the coffee table? (laughs) She doesn't buy books. She doesn't even read books. I'm still not going to say anything. So I'm telling everything to the children. You know, (laughs) I've got my little audience here (laughs) of the three children. One day, um, and in this little charismatic group, there was an old Italian guy. He had about nine children. And one day I, I came to church and I brought my sisters and my brother with me. And he gives me the old Italian hug. Oh, I'm so glad you're, you know, the new person in our group. So excited to have you. And my brother says when I get home that day, who was that man who kissed you in church? Well, he's like seeing red now. <laughs> yes. Who was that man who kissed you in church today? I want to know. So I said, well, come come into the bedroom. I've got to talk to you because I didn't want to talk in front of the children. And I've just started sharing everything that had happened to me about Jesus as Lord and the gifts of the Spirit. And there's more. There's more to God than we knew about. And he said at the end, that makes sense. I brought my journal from back then. (laughs) I thought you might enjoy this. I didn't know anything before this. Nothing. Nothing. This is three weeks. Three weeks after I said, praise God, it's only been a few short weeks since I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So many changes that has brought about. Being filled with the Spirit of God, I was immediately able to put God our Father and Jesus number one in my life. And now I realize this is the only way to have true joy in your heart. March 11th. Praise the Lord, for today I was able to share the baptism in the Holy Spirit with my husband. The Spirit touched him as he listened with his heart. I lift him up to you, Lord, and I leave it in your hands. No one can touch him except your loving Spirit. I bind you, Satan, and your works. All glory belongs to you, God. We praise you continually. We thank you for the healing of my heart, the healing of my son's head, and thank you for all the gifts of the Spirit. I was only saved three weeks. And I was sharing the baptism of the Holy Spirit with someone. I was taking authority. I was believing. Now, how could I do all that? By his Spirit. I didn't know. I didn't have people. The Holy Spirit teaches us. In this three weeks where John didn't know what was going on with me, whenever I would see my neighbor, I would t- you know, and we'd talk, I'd tell him, you know, when John gets saved, he is just going to be all out because that's the way he is. Now, I didn't say that because I was trying to make it happen. I said it because it was in me and I believed it. All of this came about by the Spirit 
These were not things that I reasoned with my mind to try and figure out how to fix my life. I'm just going to go over the gifts of the Spirit. Just that one thing, knowing what to say about John. That was a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom tells you how to apply the knowledge in the situation. There was speaking it into being by a word of wisdom. It's all in you. The Holy Spirit of God is in you. And he can tell you anything you need to know whenever you need to know it. So let's go through the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to give you some other samples of um, things that happened. Last week, John told a story about the gifts of the Spirit, how we had brought everybody together. And each one had a different gift of the Spirit manifest to save the baby. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, if you want to look it up. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So why are they given? For the profit of all. This, all these things that the Spirit did made my life better, made our life better made our children's life better, made Rose, Veronica, and Tony's life better. For to each one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. So what is a word of wisdom? Applying the knowledge, how to. Wisdom gives strength. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're looking at something and you just don't know what to do. Like, let's say the room is an absolute mess. Could be... You know, your storage area, could be your bedroom, <laughs> could be anything. And you go in, and you're just overwhelmed, and you don't know what to do. Strength just drains out of you. Wisdom will give you strength. Do this first. Put that there. Get this. Say that. Go here. Buy these. You know? And all of a sudden, you're empowered to fix the situation that you're in. A word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a piece of knowledge you don't have that you need. When we were told in the story last week, the baby's going to die, that was a word of knowledge that said, this is the seriousness of this situation. And then the word of wisdom said, bring the people together. Each one will have their part. To another, a gift of faith by the same spirit. A gift of faith, I love the gift of faith. <laughs> you just know it's going to happen. You just know. It's not, see, when, when I take the word of God and I believe it and I confess it and I renew my mind, I'm using my faith. I'm exercising the faith that God's put in me. But a gift of faith, it's just, I just know. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so great. We were discussing the other day about the first time when we moved to Quakertown from Orlando. So wild. We packed up all our furniture. We had Rose with us. We had three children. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know where we were going to meet for the church. And we only had $200 when we got here. And not one time did we ever think, what are we going to do? It was amazing. That's a gift of faith. 
we were totally on the Holy Spirit gift of faith. Gifts of healing by the same Spirit. That was a gift of healing when I put my hand on my baby's head and I lifted it up. That was a gift of healing. Instantly. See, what healing is, is it just takes the natural processes and speeds them up. Basically, if you break your arm, it's six weeks to, for arm to mend and it's healed instantly. You have now transcended time and space, defied the laws of nature, and went into the spirit realm and brought instant healing. See, time, time and space has no hold on us. See, we, we sometimes think about time too much or space. We can live outside of time. To another, the working of miracles. Working of miracles. Uh, you see Jesus, he walked on water. That's a miracle. That defies the laws that are set in motion. Water to wine. That's a miracle. Feeding the thousands and thousands of people with just a little bit. It's a miracle. I am the bread of life, he said. Supply came out of him. That's a miracle. To another prophecy, First uh, Corinthians 14.3 says, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Edification builds you up. Exhortation gives you instruction, refreshment, and encouragement, and comfort, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. If you get a word from somebody, I've got a word for you. And it doesn't do those things, you really need to pray. (laughs) I don't know if I want to receive that. Or it says to do something you never thought about doing. Every word that I have ever had given to me was to confirm what I already knew. Now, sometimes it was to give words to things. Sometimes you just know something, but you don't have words for it yet. You can't really articulate it. You're just not ready to be able to speak it. His last uh, prophecies that were spoken to me used exact words that I had thought or I had said to someone. Exactly word for word. What was that? Was God saying, you're right on there. I hear you. (laughs) You know, I'm there. I'm with you. Those are words I gave you. And I'm just confirming it over here that those are the words I gave you. What you're seeing, that's that's me. And that's comforting. Sometimes you wonder, you're... (laughs) What am I seeing here? Because the things that we see in the Spirit are so far from the natural. It's kind of nice to have a little confirmation once in a while that we're not too far out there. You know, dream big. To another, discerning of spirits. Now, discerning of spirits is an interesting one because it distinguishes discernment, that distinguishes between an evil spirit, and a good spirit. Like, where's this person coming from? Might be. And you might see 
an image of the spirit, a vision, or you might just know what that spirit is. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, anybody ever hear of penny auctions? I was explaining to John about, oh, look what they're doing with these penny auctions. He goes, that's the spirit of gambling. And he was right on. But see, distinguishing where that spirit's coming from. The penny auctions are to appeal to your greed and to get you into that game thing. There was one time I was watching PBS, and I was saying to John, look what this guy is saying. You know, he goes, turn that off. Don't listen to that again. And he was right because what this guy was saying seemed so right, and it was not coming from a spirit of God. It was coming from a New Age spirit. And he said, turn that off. I don't ever want you to listen to that again. I was like, yes, you're right. One thing that discerning the spirits that I get oftentimes is when I come in contact with a con man, you know that that's not a good spirit. So it's being able to recognize. Um, also, you can have discerning of spirits when angels have helped you. I've had times in my life where angels have had come and helped me, and you know that was an angel. Um, the other two that have listed here are tongues and interpretations. When there's a tongue, somebody speaks in tongues, and then someone else interprets what that tongue said. Now, it's not a translation. So don't think that, you know, this person's translating what this person's saying. It's interpreting what God is saying. So it comes like a prophecy, only there's a tongue first. The next scripture says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. Now, a lot of people read that, and I can understand why the way it's written. Because this is translated from Greek, and sometimes translators can't help themselves. They put it the way they think that it is. But as he wills, makes you think that you can't have the gifts of the Spirit unless God somehow decides, today I decide, okay, I'm going to let you have just the gift of healing today. And that's all you can have. But I've decided today you can use it. That's not as he wills. Remember when the guy came to Jesus and he said, if you are willing, you can heal me. I'm willing. Be healed. It would have been any guy that came and said that. He would have been willing. And this, the Greek here in this phrase talks about it's the sovereignty of God. In the sovereignty of God is the way God has made things. He was sovereign. He didn't ask any of us if we wanted to have gravity. He didn't ask us if we wanted to have the Holy Spirit come upon us and we would manifest gifts. He didn't ask us if Jesus should come and be the way. His sovereign will, he decided that's the way it is. If I drop this, he decided gravity will always work. That's why it takes a miracle to transcend that. It will always work that way. He doesn't decide one day that today one plus one is two, but tomorrow yeah, it might be three. You never know. You never know what I'm going to do. I might make it four one day if I'm feeling good. 
That's not the way God is. His sovereign will is he put the laws in motion. He said, this is how it works. If you want the gifts of the Spirit to manifest in your life, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and desire for what? The benefit of all. And desire them. That's the way it works. It doesn't work any other way. Because that's his sovereign will and that's how he put it down. He is willing. 